just keep swimming. I've watched Disney, and uh, how many have seen Nemo, Finding Nemo? Well, if you remember, Dora, Dory, Dory, Dory uh, grabs whatever the orange fish is called. I forgot his name. What is it? Marlin. And it's been a few years. So uh, grabs him and just starts singing, just keep swimming. I won't torture you, but... um, I was thinking about this message, what to title it. It's about Jonah. So that's why that just popped in my mind. So anyway, that's how I got the title of the message. <laughs> this means probably absolutely nothing. But uh, how many know that Jesus has done so much for you and me? Yeah. I know that um, when I am... I'm uh, battling or struggling with something about my body, my physical body, trying, you know, if something's wrong with it, I hurt it, or sickness or whatever. I've had more victory over sickness in the last year by this being in the foremost part of my memory banks and my mind, and that is this, that Jesus defeated whatever I made, let's just say a cold, Jesus defeated this for me. I've taken the emphasis off Mike and trying to get faith. I've taken the emphasis off me trying to do something to get it. Instead, I put the emphasis on Jesus and I say this. Jesus defeated this knee problem, this headache. Jesus defeated whatever their sickness is. You need to say Jesus defeated. Well, when did he defeat it? 2,000 years ago, Jesus defeated this. And Galatians 3.13 says that he, one translation says he absorbed the curse. He bore the curse. And the curse is Deuteronomy chapter 28. You have to read, it's 66 verses, I think. And about 50-something of those verses talk about the curse. So every sickness known to man is part of the curse. Every poverty, every lack is part of the curse. Anything that is lacking is part of the curse. Jesus absorbed that. He became that on the cross. And the way that he defeated it is that when he died, he was resurrected without the curse, without the sickness, without the lack, without, any, without sin. He, he bore our sin. The Bible literally in 2 Corinthians says he became sin. Some religious people don't like to say that, but it, it, if, if he didn't take care, if he didn't become sin, then the payment hasn't been paid. Amen. And the payment has been paid. So he became sin, but not only did he become sin, he became curse, Galatians 3.13. He bore the curse, became curse, so that you and I can be free, not only from sin, but we can be free from the curse. And so 2 Corinthians 4.18 says this, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. It sounds a little complicated, doesn't it? You're supposed to look at things that are not seen. Well, how in the world are you going to look at things that are not seen? For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So how do you do that? Well, for example, like healing. You have to focus your sight in your mind, you have to see 
what Jesus did for you. So let's say um, you got high blood pressure. You, you need to let your imagination go really wild and say, now when Jesus was on the cross, high blood pressure was on him. He bore my high blood pressure. He bore whatever your illness is. So you focus on the unseen. It's easy to focus on your problem. If you got a, a growth, you know, uh, I had a growth years ago, about 15 years ago, that uh, got cut off my hand. And it was easy just to look at it and go, man, that's a growth. What I should have did is look at the unseen and said, Jesus defeated that growth for me. He paid the price so I could be without a growth and curse that thing and say, you're part of the curse. You cannot. Do you realize that sickness on a believer, if you're a believer in Jesus, sickness on your body is illegal? Just thinking that for a second. It's illegal. Why is it illegal? Because Jesus made you righteous. Jesus became, okay, picture this. Do you think Jesus, it would be okay for him to get a growth? If he was walking on this earth, would it be okay for him to get a growth, for him to get high blood pressure? Would, yeah. would, he, would it be okay for him to walk around with that? He would not, would he? But do you know he never had to be concerned about any sickness or disease? People say, well, he was the son of God. No, 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 no. Philippians, it says he emptied himself and walked as a man. He walked as a man. So even though that he was a man, he was not just any ordinary man. He was a righteous man without sin. Now follow me now. So because he was a righteous man without sin, he never had to deal with sickness and disease. Did Adam and Eve have to deal with sickness and disease before the sin? No, they did not. Are you going to have to deal with sickness and disease in heaven? No, we're not. So what is the point? The point is that when you are righteous and made one with God, you do not have to accept sickness and disease on your body. You do not have to accept financial lack. It went over about like that in the first service. But um, this is the thing. If you know something's out there that is true, but it's hard for you to wrap your hands around it, at least ponder and think upon it. Amen. Thank you. That's all I'm asking. Instead of just saying... Nah, I don't believe that and flush it down the toilet. No, you, you, you need to think about it. You need to think about it. And uh, there's what, uh, scriptures on our website, rmfchurch.org. You can go to our website, and there's all kinds of scriptures down at the very bottom that talk about healing, that talk about uh, having every need met in your life. But um, the children of Israel, and if you read from Genesis to Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, the, first, the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, they struggled and believing what God said about them. Didn't they? Hebrews, actually Hebrews was literally written to the Jewish nation. It was a he written, written to the Jews. So Hebrews chapter 4 verse 2 says this. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. Paul was saying that not only was the gospel preached to us. It was preached to the Jews. Alright. But the word which they heard did not profit them. 
Now, they got the word preached to them, but it did not profit them. Could the word be preached to us and not profit us? Absolutely. And here's the reason. Not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. Just because you hear the good news, you have to mix it with faith. What does that that scripture mean by saying that? It means you have to believe it. You know, 1 Peter 2.24 says that by his stripes you were healed. Galatians 3.13 says he bore our curse. 1 Corinthians, uh, I believe it's 6, says all the promises are yes and amen. So you can hear that, but before it to become a reality to you, manifested into your life, you have to believe that. That's called mixing what you hear with faith. And faith is something that we said you, you can't see it. You have to look in the unseen realm. You can't see faith. But you can see the, uh, let's just put it this way. Faith is released by your words and your actions. By your words and your actions, you believe. In other words, if I said, oh man, I tell you what, I just believe. I'm going to get too carried away. Let me read Matthew I didn't do that the first service, and by the time I started the message, it was time to dismiss everybody. So Matthew 12, I'm going to try to do a little better job. Matthew 12, 39 says this, But he answered and said unto them, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given to it, but the sign of the prophet Jonas, or Jonah. For Jonah was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, So shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Jesus, how many know that he had the Old Testament to read? Jesus did. And from Genesis all the way through Malachi, every book of the Bible, Jesus is in every single book. From Genesis all the way, you can find him in there. Symbolically, uh, representative, remember when he was raised from the dead, he was walking on the road to Emmaus and the, 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 a couple of believers were there and he sat there and he started talking to them how Jesus was prophesied in the Old Testament and that Jesus was in the Old Testament and they were amazed. So Jesus knew himself, was, he knew that he was represented even though he was a man and he knew that God the Father was his father. He knew and the Old Testament talked about him. Why am I saying that? Because he's saying to the generation uh, of the Jews, he says, this generation, there's no sign going to be given to you, but he said that there's a sign of Jonah. So what Jesus was saying is, if you go back and read Jonah, you're going to find me. You're going to find me there. So you know the story of Jonah. The story of Jonah is Jonah was a prophet. He was a prophet. God Spoke to Jonah and said, I want you to go to Nineveh. Nineveh was uh, a, uh, about 600,000 people. It says 120,000 neither know their left or their right hand. That's talking about kids. So there was 120,000 kids. So theologians estimate there was approximately 600,000 people in, jo- in uh, Nineveh. And when God said something to Jonah that I want you to go there, tell them about me, Jonah said no and you need to look at a little bit of history uh nineveh 
was an enemy of the Jewish nation. They were wretched people. They were, I mean, they chop off people's heads and they were just, ooh, they were bad people. And, and so they did bad things to the Jewish nation. So when God says, I want you to go tell the gospel, the good news to Nineveh, uh, Jonah said, don't think so. Let them go to hell. More power to them, all 600,000. This is a guy who's a prophet called by God and he goes, oh, they'll go to hell if I don't preach. I ain't going. Is that terrible or what? I mean, if I was God, I would have said, okay, I'm, I'm never going to pick you to do anything ever again. God didn't give up on Jonah. Stinking attitude and all. That should tell you something. So Jonah gets in a boat, not going to Nineveh, going in the opposite direction, far, far, far away from Nineveh. So the boat gets in a horrible, horrible, death-defying storm. And the guys on the ship go, man, they're calling out to their gods and nothing's happened. Jonah's in the bottom of the ship. He's asleep. So they go down there. This is not a time to sleep. This is a time to call out to your God. We need all hands on deck and as many gods we need to cry out to, we need to do it. And Jonah goes, that's not going to work. He says, I serve the true God. He's the God who created the sea and everything in it. He's the real God. And so they said, what did you do? Jonah says, I've disobeyed him. So if you want everything to be peace and calm, throw me overboard. When I was reading that, I didn't realize these guys were really, really nice guys because they didn't want to do that. You know, most people, you know, would have probably said, okay. <laughs> but they didn't. They said, no, we don't want your blood to be on our hands. So they cried out the more. They were sacrificing, doing all this. Nothing was happening. So they finally looked at Jonah and go, this is terrible. Yeah, it's not going to change till you throw me over. So they said, we don't want your blood to be on our hands, so forgive us. Soon as they, soon, I believe as soon as he hit the water, the wind stopped, and the sea was calm as all get out. And the Bible says there was a little mini revival happened right there on the, on the ship, man. They started going, he was right. This is the true God. This is God. Bless his little heart. Oh, man. <laughs> He's dead now, but hey, we're at peace. Everything's good. We know the, the real God now. Well, you know the story that God prepared a fish. Did you know that was mercy for Jonah? Because how many know that <coughs> if he was left, he would have just drowned. He would have died. The mercy of God had a fish swallow him. And we pick up the story in Jonah chapter 2, verse 1. It says, then Jonah, he's inside the fish now. And he prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly. And he said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me. You know, when you're in the belly of a fish, I mean, when all odds are against you, and you're in a super bad, bad situation, it's probably good to, in your time of, of affliction to call out to God. Jonah was pretty stubborn, pretty just a terrible guy, if we would say. But he was smart enough to realize that I have been swallowed by a fish. I think I'm going to cry out to God. And so he did. And out of the belly of hell cried I. And thou heardest my voice. Now, I want you to realize in the back of your mind, this is also a representative of Jesus. Jesus was three days and three nights, just like Jonah was three days and three nights. And this particular verse and particularly it says out of the belly of hell cried I and God heard him 
I believe that Jesus, when he read in the Old Testament stories about him, in particular this one, that he by faith knew that this was talking about him and that he was going to use his faith for that to come to pass. How many know that Jesus didn't raise himself from the dead? God raised Jesus from the dead. So Jesus had to believe that God was going to do that because he didn't have the power to do that. Amen. He had to believe that God was going to do that. And so when he's reading this, he knows, listen to me now, when he knows that he, when he's in the belly of the earth, he's going to cry out to God. But not only is he going to cry out to God, he knows that God's going to hear him. That's good news. He had faith, Jesus' faith. And because he had faith, you and I have what kind of faith? We have the faith of Jesus. That's a lot of faith to cry out when you're in hell to believe that God hears you and that he's going to raise you from the dead. All right. Verse 3. For thou hast cast me into the deep, the midst of the seas. The floods come past me about, thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Then said I, cast out of thy sight. I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again toward the holy temple. That is faith. Not only is Jesus going to believe that he's going to look at the holy temple again, but Jonah's in the belly of a fish, and he says, I'm telling you, I'm going to look at the holy temple again. You go, What? You know, if there could have been a microphone from CNN or Fox News, they would say, I don't think so. <laughs> could you imagine that he is confessing with his mouth that he's going to look at the Holy Temple again? That is tremendous faith. Can he make that happen? He has no power to make that happen. <clears throat> I'm going to say it again. He has no power or ability to make that happen. He's looking at the unseen because the unseen is more powerful than the seen. So what he is believing is more powerful than the actual reality of him being inside that fish. Now you got a picture of the fish. First of all, it's pitch black. You cannot even see. Have you ever been in? We went to Mammoth Cave one time. Largest cave in the world. It's in Kentucky, by the way. But anyway, we went, we went there, and uh, there was this monster room. I mean, it was like a convention center room in, underground. And she says, now, everybody, you know, we were sitting on bleachers. She says, I want you just to make sure to be real still right now, and we're going to show you what the early settlers, when they came here, what they saw. And they hit the light switch. Boom. Men and women screamed alike. I mean, I, I did. I put my hand right there. I mean, you, can, you cannot see, not, not even a remote outline. I mean, nothing. You couldn't see it. It was dark. And I thought, that is what it was like with Jonah. There was no light whatsoever. But it was a lot rougher than being in Mammoth Cave. He was, had gastric juices flowing all over his body. The Bible says, well, well, let me read a couple more before I get into it. Uh, where did I leave off? Did I read verse 4? You're on 
For thou hast cast me into the deep, in the deeps of the seas. The floods come past me about, and the billows and the waves passed over me. Verse 4 said, Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again toward the holy temple. Verse 5, The waters come past me about, even to the soul. The depth closed me round about. The weeds were wrapped about my head. That's called seaweed, man. Wrapped around him. That's enough just to give you the, when you can't see anything and something brushes up against your skin. I mean, he, he probably realized it was seaweed at the first, I mean, eventually. But at first, I mean, it could have been anything alive. <laughs> just something touched him. I have a feeling there was a lot of screaming going on. So the weeds were wrapped about his head. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains the earth with her bars was about me forever, and thou hast brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. So when, if you've ever been low or went way deep in, in, in underwater, let I me mean, know what happens is you, you, the pressure in your ears. We were in a submarine. We got to go in a submarine one time, and, and man, I mean, you just, ooh, man. You feel it. You can tell, man, we're going deep. You know, you got pressure on your eardrums and, and all over. You can feel it. Could you, this is what was going on with Jonah. It says he went to the bottoms of the mountains. I mean, he probably felt like his head was going to explode. So he's got, I want to get you, get your picture now. He's got seaweed and stuff that's half eaten, digested, floating, touching him, and gastric juices making his, you know, he was, you know, when you get in the water too long and you get raisin wrinkly skin, his whole body was one big raisin. A white one because all the gastric juices were causing it, him to start being digested. What happens when things start getting digested? Not only does it deteriorate, it smells, honey. There's a reason why vomit stinks. So for three days and three nights, you know, I don't know about you, but when our kids threw up, you know, we drew straws to see who was going to have to clean that up because, you know, I mean, if, if, if I went in there, it just makes me go, you know, and Mally goes, get, get, get out of here. She didn't, I want to clean up yours too. It's just, I'm not real strong in that area. But anyway, can you imagine being in that environment for three days and three nights? I mean, you just do not want to breathe because you smell like vomit. And everything in there smells like vomit. And so he's in all of this. And he says, I'm going to look to the holy temple again. In the midst of his darkest, worst day. You talk about a bad day. Now, we have bad days. That nothing is called a bad day from now on. Do you understand? Just think of Johnny. Go, nah, this isn't so bad. Total your car. They can even repossess your house. You still are not being digested, okay? <laughs> this will help you think that, you know, you put it in perspective. You think, all I have to think is it's not as bad as Jonah. And Jonah said he was going to look at the temple again. He believed he had faith. You can have faith in your darkest, hopeless day on this planet. You can believe God and cry out to him. Number one, he's going to hear you, obviously. But let me go on to read. Where did I leave off? Verse 7. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer came in unto thee, unto thy holy temple. 
This is the Living Paraphrase Bible. It says, when I had lost all hope. Now, if you're in the belly of a fish, and all of this gastric juices, seaweed, all this is going on, how many know it would be pretty easy to lose all hope? My point is this. There's times in people's lives where they do feel like there's no hope. But this is what Jonah did. When I had lost all hope, I turned my thoughts once more to the Lord. And my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. He turned to God. In the most hopeless of all hopeless situations, he turned to God. If you or your friends or your loved ones or people you work with, you feel like, man, this is just a hopeless situation. When you get those thoughts, this is what you do. You turn to God, who always has hope. You are not without hope when you turn to God. If you turn to your own self and look at your own self and your ability, and you go, there's no way for me to get out of it. That is right if you're just looking in the mirror. But in your time of hopelessness, you do what Jonah, and he turned to God. He turned to God. Why? Because he knew that's where his hope was in. My hope is in the Lord. Verse 8. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. What in the world does that mean? A lying vanity is anything that exalts itself above the word of God. Anything that exalts itself above the word of God. Now let me back up. Was the seaweed around his body touching him was it a a reality yes it was the gastric juices and and the smell was that a reality to Jonah how about going down to the mountains and the pressure on his body was that a reality yes so everything that he was experiencing feeling smelling probably tasting every once in a while was a reality all of those things were a reality but he sits there and goes, they that observe lying vanities are going to forsake their own mercy or forsaken the grace that God has provided for them. You forsake it. There are realities that you do not have to accept. There is, let me put it this way, there is a version of reality that you do not have to accept even though you can smell it, feel it, taste it, touch it, see it. There is a version of reality that you do not have to accept. Jonah was doing that. He was, listen to me now. I don't want anybody getting flaky on me and thinking this. I just don't believe, I don't see it, I don't believe it, I don't believe it's there, I just believe it. You know, this happened to a Raymond student when we were in Bible school. They got in an accident, and the policeman showed up, and that person says, I don't believe it's an accident, I don't believe it's there, I don't believe that there, and I thought, they should have locked you up, put a white jacket and everything, threw away the key. That's just being weird and flaky. No, I'm not saying that's what Jonah was doing. He didn't sit there and go, I don't believe I'm in this fish, I don't believe it, I don't believe it, I don't believe it. No, but this is what he was doing. There is a higher reality that I'm believing that's causing me to believe that this is nothing but a lying vanity. There's something more real than this. 
you think, wow, something more real than being in the fish, fish's belly? Yes, that's what he was saying. They that observe, if all of your, listen to me now, if your only observation is what you feel, what you can taste and touch and see of your five senses, if that is your only reality, you are going to forsake the mercy and the grace that God has already given you and provided for you. This is good. They that are, there is a higher version of reality that Jonah's talking about that you and I, what is that? It's the word of God. By his stripes you were healed. My God has provided all of my need according to his riches and glory. That is a higher reality, even though you can't see it, it is a higher reality than what you may be experiencing. Because we look at things that are not seen, not at things which are seen. If you're only looking at things that are seen, you're going to miss and forsake what God has provided for you. Oh, that is so good. It's a reality. It's faith in God. It's believing. And you can do that. You say, well, man, that is, whew, that is, whoa, pastor. My head is just a swimming now. The title of the message is Just Keep Swimming. Don't give up. Just keep listening to the, these messages and faith will arise inside of you. You go, I, I believe that. I believe that. You can literally, what the unseen is, become more real to you than what you are even feeling, experiencing, or, or your circumstance. It can become that real to you. And that's the way it should be. The devil will just be so tormented when we start believing in the unseen realm more than the seen realm. Why? Because he can't function and cause things to happen to you in the unseen realm. He can't do what God's word says. He, can't, he, he can deceive us, try to make us not believe it, but he can't stop what has already been accomplished at the cross. The death, burial, and resurrection. That's why in Genesis it said, you're going to bruise his heel, but he is going to crush your head. You don't have to get too much of a theological experience on that. That means Jesus was stomping on Satan's head, which meant that he was beneath his feet, by the way. And it, he stomped it so hard that it bruised his heel. That's eh, pretty strong stomp. We need to believe God in the unseen realm. Jonah, let me back up. This is what Jesus did for you and me. I mean, this is terrible what Jonah was experiencing. You know, I'm trying to give the illustration, the gastric juices and the seaweed and critters and things that weren't dead. Maybe there was an eel that slithered up to him, a sea snake that slithered up to him. And he couldn't see. You know when you can't see something? It just gives you the ibby-jibbies. You know what I mean? It's here somewhere. I felt it. And it's not going anywhere because it's inside the fish's belly like I am. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on that you need. Now, that's Jonah experiencing all of this, and we think that would be so terrible. Jesus is in the belly of hell for three days and three nights, and he's experiencing a lot more than just gastric juices and seaweed wrapped around him. He did that for you and me. 
he experienced hell for three days and three nights. I don't have time to get into my times around, but I can prove in the Word of God that we're, you know, some Christians and believers don't think that Jesus went to hell. All I can say is, if he didn't, then that means somebody has to. And I'm not volunteering for that. Somebody had to pay the price. Jesus paid in full. That's why he went to hell in three days and three days, three days and three nights. He was resurrected from there because it was paid in full. So that you and I will never, ever experience that ever, ever. And he did that for every person on this planet. It took faith for Jesus to come out of hell. He had to believe what was written about him that three days and three nights he would be resurrected. Jesus had to have faith for that. Why is that so important? When you accept Jesus, that faith comes inside of you. You have that same kind of faith, honey. That is tremendous faith. The faith for Jonah is to sit there and say, you know, I'm inside this fish, but I want to tell you something. I'm going to look again to the holy temple. I'm going to look again and offer my sacrifice and praise unto God. I'm going to thank him, and that's going to happen. I believe it. That took tremendous faith. It was the same kind of faith that Jesus said when he was in hell. Once again, I'm going to be resurrected. I'm going to cry out to God, my father, and he will resurrect me from this pit. The good news is that faith, that same faith, it's in you. So quit saying and thinking about your faith isn't great enough. It's not big enough. It's not strong enough. If it could lift Jonah from the belly of the fish to cause him to see the temple, if it could lift Jesus out of hell to be resurrected, I think it's enough faith for anything that you need on this planet. Are you hearing me? Everybody say, that's in me. That kind of faith is in you. Quit letting the devil deceive you and and religion deceive you. You have the faith of Almighty God inside of you. You need to start believing it and saying things like what Jonah did. Hey, I'm inside here, but I'll tell you what, I'm going to see the temple again. Most people would go, if they could see a video of it, he's just stupid. He's just denying the reality. He's just going to be, pretty soon he's going to be fish poop. You know what I mean? He's just going to be fish poop. It's going to be digested, and you know what happens to food after it's digested, don't you? It's going to be at the bottom of the, of the sea. No, he's not. He says, I'm going to look again to the temple. He believed that. What are you saying? I can tell you what you're saying. You're saying what you believe. You say what you believe, what you think, and you believe what you think. You believe what you think. So the root of all of this is that we obviously need to change the way that we think. We need to change the way that we think. The reason you need to change the way that you think because you need to change the way that you believe. And if you change the way that you believe, you'll change the way that you talk. Because I can tell what you believe when I hear you talk. You talk... Because you believe, and you believe because the way you think. Let me say it another way. God spoke the word so it could be written. It was written so it could be spoken. God spoke, it was written. It was written so it could be spoken. By who? You. Me. Let's stand.